running, running, and 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 in this context. Hello and welcome to another Milwaukee Admirals podcast with Charlie Larson. I'm Aaron Sims, and our guest this time is Admirals forward Cole Schneider. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, you know I can talk a little bit, so <laughs> that's good. We uh, we were and uh, and where they've done what they've done. I got to tell you before we started this, um, and maybe this is uh, this tells you my my computer use at home, but I said uh, Alexa, who is Cole Schneider? And it said, Cole Schneider, and it gave me the Wikipedia definition. <laughs> Cole Schneider is an American ice hockey forward who, after leaving the University of Connecticut in 2012, began his professional career with the Binghamton Senators. And I said, no, Alexa, who is Cole Schneider? <laughs> That's a little <laughs> bad joke. <laughs> but let's, let's talk about you. You're from Buffalo, and you have a lot of pride in being from Buffalo. Yeah, I mean, you see me around the rink. I'm a huge Bills fan, so... Uh I could talk about the Bills all day. I get a lot of chirps about it. No one seems to like the Bills. How old were you? It's like, don't pick on us. We lost four Super Bowls in a row. I was going to say, back since, how, so. how old were you when that was? That, that's the late. It was I, early 90s. Early 90s. How old are you when that was happening? Uh, Do you just born. Okay, just yeah. born. So you don't really remember it? No. I got some s- stories from it, though. Uh, my old man was at the game. They had the largest comeback in uh, oh the, the Mar- Frank Wright game, Frank Wright game. Frank thirty thirty to three or thirty one to three. He was sitting with my uncle up in the nosebleed somewhere, and that everyone left because they were getting smoked. Yeah. yeah. So then they were said they were like, "We'll give it one more drive." <laughs> right. They stay, and they score. They score. Then they start coming back, and they said they're looking since they're in the nosebleeds. They're like looking, and they're not letting people back in the game. And they're trying to climb the fence to get back in. They're like, "We're so glad we stayed." Uh, right. Witness that. I saw that happen at a Vikings game. They were playing the Rams. Rich Carlos kicked seven field goals to set a record in the NFL for the Vikings. It was so exciting. <laughs> uh, but Sounds thrilling. It was unbelievable. But they needed to say it. It was over, and the Rams were punting from their own end zone, and Mike Merriweather blocked a punt and uh, ended up forcing overtime, and then they kick another field goal to win the game. So, But it was the same situation. I was among those who went out, and to try to get back into the Metrodome, the door wasn't opening that way. Yeah. It was, it was only going out. Leave, but you're not coming back in only to, going out. to see how this thing ends. Uh, absolutely. Uh, so you said nobody is too into the Bills. That's a few years ago, um, the guy who played uh, Babu on Seinfeld. Did you ever watch Seinfeld? A you little bit. Ba- Babu, Babu was really the guy sweet. who started the American Cafe and – he ended up, the, the, the actor's name is Brian George. He plays Raj's dad on Big Bang Theory. Okay. So Brian George and I were talking. Brian's from Toronto. Yep. Uh, and he's been living in L.A. forever. And Brian and I were having a conversation about who you should root for. And I'm from Minnesota, so I'm a huge Twins fan. Not so much the Vikings, but a huge Minnesota Twins fan. And he said, you're wrong. You live in Milwaukee. You need to be a Milwaukee fan. And I said, but you're from Toronto. And he goes, and I'm an L.A. Kings fan because I live in L.A. And he said, that's how it should be. And we had this long debate. It wasn't an argument so much as it was a debate. And I think you would take my side. I said, whoever you were a fan of when you're 8 to 12 years old, that's who's always going to stick That's where the loyalty you. should that's be. That's where it's yeah. always going to stick. Keep the loyalty. I go to any game, football game. Bill's jersey every time. Is that right? <laughs> have, you been to Lam- have you been to Lambeau? No, I haven't been to Lambeau. We tried to go a couple times this year, but it just didn't, didn't work, work out. out. We had yeah. a dad's trip. And Those dads get in the way all the time, right? 
<laughs> but how, how many football games do you figure you've been to then? I like to try to go if the Bills are home week one. That's but that's right around when training camp starts. Right. So right. Go to the preseason games if you can. Like what but. you we you hear a lot on social media and just buzz in general about Bills Mafia and how ridiculously crazy it is. Is it that crazy? It's pretty crazy. They're trying to tone it's, it down. Oh, so they're trying to tone it down now because they've gotten it's gotten so bad, right? Yeah, they try to. But how bad is it? Like what happens? People are just having fun. Having they a couple just, cocktails, lighting like, fires. What do we do? Well, they they're always jumping through the tables, and <laughs> every once in a while, one will be lit on fire, and <laughs> you know, every once in a while. Do you know Kevin Henderson at all? No. He used to play for the Admirals. Kevin Henderson is in the same situation. He's from Toronto though, but he, or Ontario, but he's a a Bills freak, and that's why I was wondering if maybe somewhere along the way your path would have connected. crossed somehow, some way. But because uh, your path has crossed with. A ton of players. Which, I mean, yeah, yeah. We were talking the other night about some of the guys you've played with, and um, it's a it's an pretty impre- it's a pretty impressive list, and it says a lot about how wild it is to play in the American Hockey League. I think more than anything. Yeah, I was sitting in the room the other day, and these guys are just coming at me for being old. And <laughs> car goes every time I look at Hockey DB to see like someone like look someone up it's like you play with them like yeah you're making me feel young <laughs> but what three uh, check that four organizations right yep. counting this one um you're going to see a lot of players over those years because at best you're keeping 60 percent of a team in the american hockey league from year to year plus call-ups to the nhl and and so on and so on that's that's a lot of players when you th- figure that you started your pro career in the fall of 2012 yeah, been around a while. I mean, guys are always going up and like coming up from the coast. So I've met a lot of a lot of good guys. Do you could you think? Do you think if we and we're not going to do this now? But do you think you have a pretty good memory of of almost everybody you played with? I think I could probably like we throw out a name for you. You think you can remember the guy? You know a little bit about him, right? If it, if I played with him for a decent amount of time, like sometimes at the end of the season. And the like season the when you get the ATOs, yeah. Guys like that that were only there for like a week or two, but I probably remember more than I. You, you were that guy at one time. I was that guy. So first of all, talk about how you ended up at the University of Connecticut, which probably had a how long had the hockey program been going on as a as a varsity it was sport? Relatively new there. Yeah, I think uh, maybe like twenty years or so, and uh, I just went on my visit there, and the school was really nice, and I really liked it, so. So were you being recruited by other schools? I assume you were. Yeah. Uh, I just liked it so much when I went there. I was like, this is where I want to go. So, Was college always the choice, or did you think about yeah. OHL or whatever? Because, I mean, you're in Buffalo. You're not far from that whole scene. Right. I think my parents always pushed me to go to college. Saw you sure. to go to college. And when I went to college, actually, I was taking pharmacy courses because I didn't think I was going to end up playing pro. And sure. just developed that. UConn, and here I am. Is that where you took the next step? Was in college, like you were, you're a good player coming in, and then you, but then you became a professional caliber uh, at college. Is that what it was, or I think so. I like, I went in as a freshman and was like kind of nervous. Like I didn't really know many college hockey players, and just got in, and they threw me right into the fire, and like didn't think I was going to play that much, and right away I, I played a lot, so I have a pretty good appreciation for those coaches 
pushing me. And when do scouts start coming around or when do you start making contact with some people? Because you're making it sound like you're a very late bloomer when it comes to hockey, at least for the professional ranks. I think 18U, but I, I think now it's getting younger and younger. Like guys are committing to college. Like they feel like they have to do it. And I mean, you can't decide the right route for each player. It, it is crazy. Like kids have to decide especially Canadians, they need to decide whether they're going to play major junior or go to college when they're at 15, 14, years four, old. 14 or 15 you years old. Play, the draft is at 15, but yep. you get the exceptional, right? You get Tavares and you get those guys who get the exceptional status. So three, I think, McDavid and, and one other player. Uh, along the way. Yeah. Uh, I, well, I can't remember. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't matter. Angelo Esposito, maybe? I don't know. Anyway. doesn't matter. No. That's pretty. That's really early to be making it. Like, can you imagine someone looking at you at 15 and be like, "Hey, what are you gonna do?" Yeah, it's like these college football players too. They're coming at 12. It's like, how do you know this guy's gonna be? He's yeah. 12 years old. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. They just might have like for some kids if they just had the growth spurt first. I mean, Goose actually said this about J.J. Watt. Like, says like he plays hockey and everyone says, "Well, he's grown already. He's not getting any smaller." And it was actually the opposite. He continued to grow. And he's still the biggest guy, and he's obviously a world-class athlete. But for most kids, you might just be a bigger kid, and maybe you're a good athlete. It doesn't mean you're going to, you know, seven years later you're going to be any good. Well, that's how Gronk was at Buffalo. He grew up in Buffalo, and he was just a unit from high school on. Did you were you, How old is Gronk compared to you? He's a year older than me. Did you go – did you know – so you knew of him. You've heard of him. He went to a public school in my hometown, and I remember – I was at a baseball game one time watching him against my team, and he got picked off first base, and he just starts sprinting towards second base. Didn't even think about stop. It just runs the guy. Over. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> just blew him up at second. Yeah, he also hit one out of the uh, AAA ballpark when he's 16. Like out of the park, yeah. not just a home run. He was swinging for the fences every time. Is he the, is he the best <laughs> athlete you ever saw? He's incredible. In person like that? Because what I, I always say, Chris Wenke, for me, when I was in high school, Chris Wenke ended up winning a Heisman at Florida State several years after the fact, but he played professional baseball in the Blue Jays system, and he played hockey too at the time, but just freakish in their ability, and it translated. We played against their high school. Right, so you're, you, you have a successful collegiate career, and now you have to make a decision – so you're not drafted. Uh, you got to make a decision on where to go. How many options did you have, and why did you end up with the Senators? Uh, I had a bunch, but uh, that's like where your agent comes into play, and he like looks around and tries to tell you the best spot to go, and that's what we decided on. I mean, what and and, and that time too, the timing. You played two years at UConn. Uh, that's that's quick for again a player who wasn't drafted and and two years. I mean, what? It was that good. It was that solid of, a, uh, solid of an option for you to move out. Yeah, I mean, you could always go back to school. You can't always play pro hockey. Contract. So yeah, that's right. that was my reasoning behind it, and I was I never regretted that decision. So, and, and you're going. To the, they had just won the Calder Cup the year before, right? So they they're a good team. They're really good. Uh, what was it like to go from college to then you play a dozen or so games after your college? Your college career ends that year. You're the ATO guy. What was that like? How was the transition for you? It's pretty nerve-wracking. Like, you're pretty nervous. So when those guys come in now, you, like, try to help them out because you've been through it. And But I definitely don't think I was playing my best hockey at that point. I was a little too nervous out there. Were you? Like, who, 
who do you remember? Like, I can look at the roster here, and these guys, like Mike Hoffman and Pat Canoni, who we've seen in Chicago, and Corey Locke was a, a star AHL player. Like, who do you remember from that team sort of reaching their hand out to you and being like, hey, it's all right here. You know, you're going to do great. Uh, those guys that you're saying, like the older guys, they're, they do a good job welcoming me in, and you, you feel at home, but you're still, still nervous. Yeah. Who was your first game against? Um, Bridgeport, because my first shift was against uh, it's a tough guy they had, Trevor Gillies, and there's a little scrum. First shift, I'm getting face washed by this guy. I'm like, where am I? Right now? <laughs> After wearing a face shield yeah, in college, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> now you got Trevor Gillies in your face. And we go there. There's a problem at the rink. So I get there on a game day, and I'm playing that night, and there's a problem with the ice. So I didn't even get a morning skate or anything with the team. But Nothing. First just, game. <laughs> just get thrown out there. Wow. Kleinendorst was the coach, right? Kurt yep. Kleinendorst. That's, uh, that's, it, it's so interesting because, I mean, I, I think th if, from what I remember of that team, they really cranked it up at the end to go on to win the, the Calder Cup that year. But it's interesting that you're thrown right into the fire when – you think on paper, at least, it looks like they've he's got a team that's that's ready for a long run. Yeah. Uh, it was really don't know what to say. <laughs> Just intimidating, <laughs> yeah. right? Uh, I would presume. There. I want to. I want to real quick. I want to go back to UConn. What's college life like there? On um, I was fairly young when you were there, but the basketball teams, men's and women's basketball teams, were top of the heap at that point when you were at UConn. Is it? Is it? interesting is it fun did you go to games is it is it weird did anybody come to the college hockey games because basketball was going on what what was that like yeah we had a a smaller rink that people would go to they d they've done a really good job building the program now but they play in uh the xl center in hartford and i think they have like top attendance in hockey east which is really pretty, pretty incredible that is incredible all the teams that are in there but definitely the basketball teams the big dogs on campus and yeah. they, those guys walk around and they Everyone knows who, who they are. are. I, remember, yeah. I remember Mark Van Gilder talking about he was at Notre Dame and Charlie Weiss, the former New England uh, assistant coach, and then what, he coached the Chiefs in the NFL, I think, right? Uh, Charlie Weiss would just drive his golf cart across campus. Just <laughs> So he said basically it was so everybody could see him. Yeah. And then you're at you get Gino Ariyama, who is maybe the biggest personality in sports. Did, did, was it kind of the same thing there with him? Yeah, well, they Do had you remember? Jim Calhoun was there, too. Jim oh, Calhoun, Jim Calhoun, yeah. And uh, Kemba Walker. So oh, jeez. Kemba's walking around, and just people are just flocking to him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> are kids asking for his autograph, getting pictures? It, what was it? Do you give him his really space? Not asking for autographs, but people are definitely going up asking for pictures. Yeah. It's so weird, isn't it? You think about college athletes. I said years ago, Ron Dane. Everybody's buying a number 33 Ron Dane jersey, and – Poor Ron Dane. What he gets out of it is he has to go to class. Right. Kama graduated in three years. and Did he really? So, they did, like, he was a stud, and they know he's going to the NBA. Yeah. And but did he gra He graduated in three years, or he just I'm left? Pr I'm pretty sure he graduated and already retired his jersey that night. <laughs> <laughs> really? <Yeah. laughs> That's how good of a player he was. He was. Yeah. Uh, so, Binghamton, maybe not the most desirable location uh, in the American Hockey League, if you just look on a map, right? But you were there for a number of years. You must have enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed the city. my time there. Don't, hopefully my fiance doesn't listen to this. After <laughs> <'Cause> she's, <laughs> she's from Binghamton. From Binghamton. So 
We still go back there, and I had no problems with it. But where I sort of am interested in going with this is that there's such a reputation in the Eastern Conference for just the wild, crazy games, the fighters, the that that the, especially the big yeah it turned like the federal league type of cities. There are some tough guys over there. Absolutely, and you, I mean you played with you played with some of them, you played against them, and it's not like we don't have those same guys because it's very transient. Uh, they come over, they do play out here, but it just seems like they're more concentrated out there. Maybe it's the bus, it's the rivalries. I don't know what. Like well, we had, for example, let's say the Admirals had on in on two occasions Zach Stortini. Zach Stortini, his first go around when he was a kid, he would drop the gloves frequently. His second go around, he didn't so much. But that was the donut hole. The donut surrounding that donut hole was 200 pims wherever he was because yeah. that's what he would Including do. Including with do you. That, yeah, I played he, with him and played against him, obviously, and you, you know when that guy's on the ice. Yeah. Yeah. Did you? How many times were you involved in, in something like like the Trevor Gillies incident where you're like, what the hell is going on out here? Like, I can't believe this. I think that was probably the only one. Uh, you learned quick. One of, one of our fighters got hit one time, and I had to drop the gloves with someone that I probably shouldn't have. Is that right? <laughs> who was it? Not, who was the guy that you had to drop him with? I can't remember his name, but at the end of the year, his – Point totals weren't pretty high. <laughs> and his PIM <laughs> totals were way up there. How did you do? How did you acquit yourself? I was bleeding a little bit after, but <laughs> I'm still sitting here. So You're here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I, was, I was on the ice with uh, Mike Hoffman and Steph DaCosta at the time, and our tough guy gets buried from behind. I'm like, looking around. I'm like, <laughs> right. You're the biggest guy out of the uh -oh, three. I'm bigger than these two guys. I think <laughs> this is my turn. <laughs> That's... Is it, is it much of a thought? I mean, you want to protect your teammates. Like, right. It's basically like a family out there. So Right. And he's going to do it for you. So So you better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, you hear some of the guys, some of the tough guys, uh, you know, when a guy who, who's maybe a little bit of a pest or whatnot, he's like, you, you almost hear him afterwards, like groaning, like, God, I had to go and do that. So you know that there's a commitment from them and you almost have to show the same commitment, I, so, I assume, right? Yeah, you don't have to do it as much, but when the time comes, sometimes you just got to do it. You got to go after it, absolutely. Uh, so you played, you played, from my account, in your career, you played with one, two, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13 guys who have played here in Milwaukee. Uh, and I'm sure we're sort of, oh, I apologize for being a little all over the place here. You can even see the list if you like. I just been looking for what, what do you remember from some of these guys like Stortz? What was Stortz like to play with him and maybe even against him a little bit? Like you uh, said, you knew when he was on the ice, but off the ice, yeah, off what, the what ice did you see nice from guy, him? But on the ice, he just flipped the switch and he's an angry customer. <laughs> <laughs> and when you say you knew he was on the ice, you knew just from his presence or was he chirping and talking the whole time? Oh, he's always talking. He knows he's one of the tougher guys on the ice. So yeah. <laughs> right. So <laughs> he's, he's not getting it back very much. Well, and yeah. that's, and maybe that's the difference when he's in Milwaukee the second time, he's sort of established and maybe there isn't the nightly, uh, John Morasti, Trevor Gillies, that type of, of player out there that he has to square off with at one point or another. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, well, he was a tough guy, and just some of those guys out east were even bigger than he oh, was. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Just heavyweight fights. And, you know, you didn't – I don't think you played with him, but you would have played against Cody Bass yeah. uh, when he was in Springfield. And he's got a lot of – says the same things. It's just like – 
big guys and you know sometimes you got to give a left cheek to the right cross <laughs> that's just the way it's going to be um but you know some of the other guys on that list like in rochester you play with cal o'reilly matt donovan and nick baptiste all guys that we've seen here very recently uh what was that, I mean, that? We, we were talking about how many guys i play with like the list that cal's played with has got to oh, be wow. unbelievable oh absolutely it is six on a Milwaukee team that had Sheldon Brookbank and Rick Barry. Sure. And we, and we, Charlie and I were talking, Rick Barry, I think, is the key to almost everybody in the 21st century for uh, going back because Rick Barry was on the Colorado Avalanche teams with Patrick Waugh and Ray Bork and Joe Sackick and right. Forsberg and that group. But Rick Barry seems to be like the – he could be the new Kevin Bacon. Yeah, <laughs> because of he, just because of that one. Because we were team. trying to get this with you, right? Yes. We're trying to figure out how you can be connected to everyone in six degrees, and we could get you to Gordy Howe, but it took seven steps. We also talked about that Kevin Bacon thing in the room the one day. Some of these young guys already know who Kevin Bacon is. <laughs> <laughs> like, you, never, you never heard of seven degrees of Kevin Bacon? Like, who is Kevin Bacon? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. You, we were talking the other night. Um, that you about Nolan Yankman and Nolan does the broadcasts with me when we do television and uh, he's in town and everything and you said that you saw him the other night and you were flabbergasted yeah, that like, you that you saw what him. is this guy doing here yeah. <laughs> I just remember him played against him in Norfolk and he's just like Fordo just patrolling <laughs> policing the area because like you say he's bigger than everyone who's coming after him right yeah there's a uh, fight in the corner and he's just looking for a second fight and everyone's like no, I'm good. <laughs> no, thanks. No, thanks. Uh, John Greenberg in his office used to have this nice picture of of Nolan standing over a guy from Hamilton. Yeah. I don't know who it was, but he's over him and he's got he's just like this. And the guy's turtled <laughs> on the ice, like in a fetal position. I think and it's uh, A.J. Baines. Is it? Well, A.J. Baines wouldn't have. Turned but you would have played against A.J. Baines in uh, in Norfolk, probably. Oh, what are you supposed to do when that guy's standing over well, the top yeah, of yeah, you? Yeah, right. yeah. No, absolutely. But, yeah, I was going to say, A.J. Baines, I, I, I don't want to say that he would have turtled, though. A.J. Baines was a tough customer. Yeah, he, well, who knows? He, he might have He was a gutsy he might have gotten guy. there. Yeah, he was a gutsy guy. I, yeah, it's hard to say. Right. Uh, Hugh Jessamine. We liked Huey here. He's a fun, good, happy-go-lucky type of kid. You played with him. I, what did you think of Huey? Huge. Huge specimen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he was a good guy. Uh, I mean – you see him out, and you can't miss him because he's so big. bigger than everyone. <laughs> yeah. Shiny head. <laughs> big shiny head. Big power forward. Prototypical power forward, right? Yeah. Uh, and Dono, was it, is it strange to play against a guy? Or Not strange, but how does that work when you, you've played against these, a guy for so long and all of a sudden you're on the same team? And I don't know if it was necessarily that case with Dono, but that it happens every year. Is there bad – like, how do you let the bad blood go? How does that work? If there is. Yeah, know, if there when is. I, when I trade the first time, I uh, get in the locker room in Rochester, and I just fought the guy I'm sitting next to a week ago. Is that right? <laughs> but, who, uh, who was it? Who was that? Gene Dupuis, his name was. Okay. Yeah. Like, became good friends with him, but I'm like, we were just trying to knock each other's heads off last week. Right. So what do you say to the guy? Like, hey, what's up? Or nice to <laughs> like, meet you? Shake his yeah, hand? Shake his hand, move on. Yeah. <laughs> I, like to, I, t- I tell this story about Dono, and he doesn't remember it, but one time when he was in Roch and I was in Binghamton, I tried to – he got me to drop my gloves, and he just skated away. Is that right? So you got <laughs> – did you get five – did no, you get I just two? Skated. 
no. skated with my tail between my legs back to the bench. I look dumb. I don't have a stick or gloves now. But he doesn't remember that. <laughs> he doesn't remember it. Which yeah, is unbelievable because it, I have found that a vast majority of hockey players remember pretty much Everything. anything that goes on on the ice. As it pertains to themselves, right? Yeah. You can remember... Oh, I had a nasty goal the other day and right. stuff like that. Exactly right. Yeah. Or well, and you don't even it, it could be from you could probably tell me about a goal you scored as a freshman at UConn right now that was and it may not have even been spectacular. It was just a goal, but you could probably tell me exactly what happened. Yeah, one of the goals I scored against Princeton was a one-timer with like 3 seconds left in a period and there were scouts there and my agent called me after he's like once they saw that that they knew you were That was it. <laughs> that was it. That you're ready to go. That's amazing. But that's really good. That's not necessarily your game now, though. One-timers, right? You get a lot of your goals plopped right in front of the net. Yeah, that's. I mean, the higher you get, the harder it is to score goals. And goalies are so good now that you got to get in front of them, or you're not going to beat them very often with a clean shot. What's the art? Describe the art, because it's an art. Uh, one, you have to have guts. Uh, but two, uh, the art of, of taking that goalie's eyesight away. Yeah, I don't know how many times, how many cross checks, three per. <laughs> right, per <shift>. guaranteed. <laughs> so, I mean, just got to stay in there and maybe sometimes have a little extra body weight. When did you. Re Is, real quick on that. Um, the, the rules kind of changed a little bit and got easier, so they say, during the lockout of 12-13. That was your first year as a pro. I uh, mean, yeah, it definitely got easier, but you're still eating cross Well, exactly, and I'm wondering yeah. about college hockey then because it, it, you, it, you're playing in college hockey and you're wearing the full face shield and the rules hadn't trickled down necessarily to the college ranks. I'm just curious if maybe it was – was it more vicious in college with the stick work or was it – uh, or, or is it now because you're talking about grown men as opposed to 18-year-olds? Yeah, I think the, the grown men for sure. What, have, have you always gone to the net? Have you always had a net front presence? I don't know. I think uh, growing up playing baseball, it definitely helps your hand-eye. And sure. So. And Stan Drulia, uh, Adam, former coach, uh, he's now a scout for Nashville, he, he – scored a lot of goals in the IHL. He said, told us a few weeks ago, like, why wouldn't you go to the front of the net? That's where the goals are. That's yeah. where they happen. And that's where you got to be to get them. And that's got to be a little bit of your philosophy, right? Yeah, you, know, you look, at, look at a stat sheet and most majority of the goals are scored around the net. Right. Especially, like, playoff hockey. It's everyone's laying their body on the line to block shots that the closer you are, the better – Better chance you got the score. Yeah, absolutely. You, you mentioned a baseball. You played baseball. Yeah. How how long? What position? What did you do? I played up until I was a senior in high school. I played uh, center field, and uh, the Catholic schools in Buffalo have to use wood bats. So you play against the public schools. I'm over your head. <laughs> right. Sure. And it, at Buffalo, it's pretty cold. So you're playing in snow sometimes. <laughs> With a wood bat and you're swinging, and you're like, "Do I really want to hit this right now? My hands are going to be stinging." <laughs> Did you have to? The, the school provided the bats. Uh, a bunch of guys had their own, but the school bought a. That's bunch an too. amazing cost to have wood, wood bats, bats at that level. I, I applaud that. I think that's great, but that that cost is, 
well, it's prohibitive to public schools, yeah, I we, think. We had one guy at our team at high school that this guy broke every single bat. And everyone would be like, he'd be like, run out of bats and he'd like, need to borrow one. And like, no, right. You put it, in, you put it up your jersey yeah. or your no, coat. Borrow one. the one from the school. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you gave up baseball. Did you have to give up? You said to, through your senior year or before you had to give up before your senior year? I played senior year. You did. Okay. So then it was just a normal high school career in, in sports. Yeah. I, uh, I really like playing baseball. I kind of wanted to try to play in college, but. They really didn't. And UConn's baseball team is surprisingly, for being cold there too, is really good. Is it pretty good? They, uh, uh, would it have been possible? Could you have played hockey and baseball? I don't think so. I think that's why they tried to keep me away. Not that I would have even been on the team. Had been but yeah, right. If you had dropped hockey, could you have made the team? But they, that's not something that they would have said, yeah, go ahead. Did no. you know any two-sport guys in college? Like a football really. and a track or something or a foot something. That's probably the, the only people that really do it. Yeah. The, like the baseball schedule, those guys are playing all year. Absolutely. It's unbelievable. Yeah, they start. Well, they're playing now. I mean, they start before the you know before Valentine's Day tournaments in Florida and wherever. And tra a lot of travel. I, I I the only one I can think of that I remember actually. Uh, I was ne I never saw him play in college, but I was on campus at Auburn because a friend of mine went to Auburn. But it was Frank Thomas, and I don't remember if he played all his whole career in baseball and football, or if it was just like a season of football or whatever. But um, that's the only one I can think of. Well, the crazy at thing that about, level. about Kemba being at UConn is George Springer was also there. Yeah. At the time. Yeah. And what are the yeah what are the odds there right? Guy went what top three maybe. Yeah. And this guy's walking around on campus too, and it's nobody knows. And it, nobody though. knows it. Nobody right? knows. It. Yeah, it's, just, it's all Kemba Walker. Well, UConn basketball is the minor league. That's the minor league for the NBA. Whereas UConn baseball or UConn hockey, they're college hockey and college baseball. It's yeah. not the minor league, so to speak, for the football or the basketball. Going I think up they had three guys that year drafted in the first round for the baseball team. And wow, that's impressive. Uh, Ottawa. To Buffalo, hometown, hometown, and you get called up. Talk about that process, how how you found out you were called up, and your first NHL game. Where was it? Who was it against? Was your family there? How did all that go down? Yeah, I uh, got a call from the GM. Told me I was going up. The GM it, of Roch or Buffalo? Buffalo. Was it Darcy at the time? No, it was uh, Tim Murray. Who Tim was Murray? Tim okay. Murray. One of the GMs in Ottawa at the time mm -hmm. when I was signed with Ottawa too. So he called me and said, "You're coming up and it's a nice hour drive. You're pretty excited when you're, especially going back to my hometown." So you were gonna play at home, at home in Buffalo, and I'm just get my phone's just blowing up. I just want to turn it off. Right. I just can't keep up with all the messages and then finally get to game time and. Uh, a lot of people there and all my friends screaming and family screaming. Everyone's like, how, how they many, must know them. How many tickets uh, did you need for that game? Do you remember? No, my my dad took care of it. I just he did. My first you, game. You got to focus on playing. Focus, so. Right, right. Did you have to pay for them? Did the, did the Sabres take care of them? They gave me a bunch. Uh, they take really good care of you there. And I think my dad ended up buying a bunch for family members because he was – pretty excited too and for sure i was your dad your first call after after you got off the phone with tim murray yeah i mean he coached me all growing up so 
I think he was pretty excited about that. Well, and you guys did. You had season tickets, right? Like you went to uh, yeah, quite we a had few season Buffalo tickets uh, in the corner in the 100s growing up. So I be fighting over my with my sister. We had two who got to go to all the games. Right. So your dad always she, went. She doesn't play hockey. Why, like, <laughs> Why does she get to go? Right. She's not important. But so did they still have the same seats? No. Okay. We stopped once I started playing. Like getting older, you, you're playing so much yourself that, that you don't have, you really have time, don't to have time to go. No. Yeah. Yeah. But they uh, playing for your hometown team, and granted, one game is one thing. Another thing is to play a season or two or three or whatever. Um, you didn't necessarily get to do that, but you were in Rochester, uh, which is pretty close. What is it like to play? I mean, Troy Grosnick's going through it now, I guess, here in Milwaukee. But what's it like to play? Because I'm, I got to imagine when you're eight to twelve years old, as we started the whole conversation with. You, you're going to be a Buffalo Sabre when you grow up. That's what you want to do. Or a New York Yankee to play baseball. Yeah, it's, it's super nice. You have, like, you're a grown man now that you don't really need the support, but it's your family and your friends are always around, and it's, it's awesome. Is it, did it make it, and, and maybe, maybe it's unfair to ask because you didn't also debut with another team, but do you think it made it more special that it was the team that you grew up rooting for? Yeah, that was that was awesome. Like you play street hockey and you're pretending to be this guy and that guy that are on the Sabers. And, and as you're describing what you're doing, you're Rick Jenneret. Yeah. And now he's calling what you're doing. Yeah, you're getting on the airplane with Rob Ray, and I'm like, I used to watch you get your <laughs> jersey. You'd just be shirtless on the ice <laughs> fighting, right. and sitting next to you on an airplane. Right, you right. Know? And you're Daniel Briere, uh whatever growing up that's did that's you really awesome who was the first game against and did you start i want to say columbus and i i'm pretty sure they let me start right because that happens a lot where a guy's making his debut and they're in like a tony Batetto who played for us and then went up to nashville his first game was in maybe it's not his first game maybe it was his second game was in long island where he's from where he grew up and you know he's starting for that game uh, that's got a – was that like you look up and you're like, wow, this is pretty amazing, right? Because you can't do that during the game, yeah, but maybe during say, the National quickly, Anthem. How quickly did you realize you were in an NHL game? Yeah, I mean, you get out there like as a kid, you get to play in that arena sometimes, but it's empty. And right, it's minor, there, it's minor hockey. It's, it's full, and you're like, oh, I've, I've sat there before and watched this. This is awesome. Yeah. yeah. But when did when was it when was it reality that you were on the ice? Did it take a bump? Did it take whoever you lined up across from on Columbus? What what was the re reality point that this was this is now real life work? I think warm ups was uh, you get out there and the people are already there. Did you do a hot lap? No, I didn't. You didn't. They didn't make you do that. No, I think I was what twenty five. They they let me out. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> did you wear a bucket? I did. You did. Do you, you wish you wouldn't have. Your first game came from Field of Dreams of the NHL. <laughs> right, right. So then after that, you end up signing with the Rangers. Uh, and through that, you end up coming to Milwaukee. What? You've been traded. You've been all of this stuff. It's happened before. You've switched organizations. Uh, this has been obviously, from the Admiral's perspective, I hope I can say for you too, it's been a good fit to be with Nashville slash Milwaukee. Um I met you right away in Winnipeg. You joined the team in Winnipeg, of all places. That's uh, 
that's a that's not the easiest place to get to when you're trying to catch up with a team on a trade. <laughs> no, and second I land, they say the temperature outside. My jaw just hit the floor. What? <laughs> <laughs> what was it? Thirty minus thirty. I want to say it was like minus 44 or something. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Because <laughs> you'd, you'd always been out east, so you'd never come to the west. No, and I'm pulling my phone out. Like, this is Celsius probably, right, because we're in Canada. Yeah, so it like must only be like Fahrenheit. It's like the same at that temperature. Point, Celsius at minus 40 is where the two yeah. intersect, which Holy Winnipeg is the reason anybody knows that. <laughs> <laughs> anybody from the U.S. knows that. <laughs> it's like how these kids going to wait for the bus stop in this. <laughs> right. No, and then you see the Jets have outdoor practices and with, with – Youth teams and yeah. stuff like that. And they, How they, do you pick a day? Right. And they don't use salt in Winnipeg because it doesn't work. Yeah. It doesn't work. They only use sand because the salt can't activate at such a cold temperature. <laughs> and from a <laughs> guy a coming from – Right. Coming from a guy who's from – 30 uh, feet of snow. Right. A, a pl- yeah. <laughs> right. The only time you got snow days in Buffalo is when the snow takes the power lines down because they're so good. At, they're so used to clearing it. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh so Maybe that's a, that's a good way to work on your shot is to get out and shovel buffalo snow every year. <laughs> get stronger. Did you have to shovel when you were a kid? No, we had a, a plow. Yeah, coming. I'm sure, right? Sometimes like, those guys got to come twice a day. Yeah, right. I, I bet. Absolutely. You don't get three feet of snow and be like, oh, I'm going to go out and shovel that. No, but it's, it's fun growing up there. Just go out and build some forts and tunnels. And do, you ever, do you ever sled? You see those pictures of the snow gets packed up to the roof. So you climb up on the roof and you go down the roof onto the snow. That ever happened to you? No, that sounds like an injury, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sure does. My apartment in the summer is actually uh, right by where my parents' first house, and we used to go sledding on this hill behind the apartment. And as a kid, I remember this hill being huge. And now that I live there, I'm like, looking at it, like, this hill's like five feet. <laughs> <laughs> Yet you were having the time of your oh, life on blast. it when you're eight or nine years old, just going up and down. So since you've been in Milwaukee, a little over a, a year... Um, what, what is your impression? Obviously you're here and, 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 but I'm just curious what, what you're thinking about this, what you're thinking about this season, all of that stuff going on. I mean, I love it here. Um, Milwaukee's very much like Buffalo, isn't it? Yeah. Very blue collar, working class type of area, right? It's nice. I could, I could sit around and talk about all sports all day. So it's nice that. We got the Bucks here. We got the Brewers here, and Harris is nice enough to shell out his tickets to us when when we ask him. Yeah, he does. He's very kind in that manner. Uh, this team that we've got this year, so far, it's a pretty special team. Uh, have you been around? What makes this team so special? Like we obviously, you know who's scoring the goals and things like that, but it's more than that. There's a lot of intangibles that go into it. Yeah, it's what's in that room, right? Right. On, well, yeah, on the re- maybe more so than what's on the rink. Yeah, we're such a we got a tight knit group in there, and there's a lot of French being spoke, but those guys are all good guys that <laughs> they try to speak English when you can because you we obviously can't. You can't understand them, them right? <laughs> but uh, we're pretty tight knit in there. Everyone likes everyone, and on the ice we're. Everyone's playing so well. It's like all four lines are, you know, can score goals, and we're just rolling right now. Does that make it easier for you as a guy who does score to know that the pressure isn't all on you or your line to score when you're out there? Because, geez, you look at who we're throwing out there for the third and fourth line and, you know, couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. Yeah, it's it's always nice, and you're you're happy when those guys score too. And 
like the other day, we scored seven goals every time here, just fist bumping each other on the bench, and just it's nice when guys are happy when other guys are scoring. You mentioned, like Charlie said, it, you, it, it's like baseball in that regard, right? It's good that you don't have to. Yes, you'd love to go two for three and a walk and a home run every game, but it's it's just not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I I want to score as much as the next guy. But uh, what was going through your mind on Saturday night, just recently, when you see Goose leaving the crease to come out to uh, to center ice? <laughs> so the last time I was at a game with a goalie fight, we were up five nothing going into the third period, and Robin Leonard gets in a fight, goes, <laughs> gets kicked out of the game. And it was the year of the lockout, and the lockout was about to end. So we had our goalie who hadn't played a game yet that season. It's like, what, December? Happened Robin's playing every game pretty much. Yeah, we had Robin Leonard and Ben Bishop down. Oh, so sure. <laughs> That's a tandem, these, yeah. These two guys are playing. So, like, this guy's, like, our starter, and he's just not not getting in a game. So he, Robin gets in a fight, and he the guy's finally backing up, and he's getting ready. He goes in, and we just – Poop at the bed in front of him, <laughs> and we end up losing six to five. Oh, oh no! Lose six to five to Syracuse in overtime. Oh my God! <laughs> the other day we had a lead, and I'm like, that's just flashbacks. Like, <laughs> we got to keep this thing going. It's here. six to one or whatever it was at the time. Yeah, right, six, six two. to two. Uh, oh, so you guys were up five nil, and this guy hadn't played a game yet, and we just <laughs> didn't help him whatsoever. <laughs> What's oh, it like to just, what is it like to go into a locker room? Start of the third period, it's like, oh, no, there's one. It's like, all right, it's 5-1, 2, 3. It's like, oh, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Oh, man. And we're lucky we got the game to overtime. <laughs> right. Yeah, you got it. At least you got the point. What's your coach uh, say after the game? Does he come and flip out or just say, well, Forget coach, it. Coach at the time was Luke Richardson, who's played 20 years in the long NHL. Time right, so long time. Obviously, yeah. I have a lot of respect for the guy, but he's a tough customer too. So when he's when he's yelling, you're listening. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, there wasn't any. Uh... Luke Richardson played for the Maple Leafs. He was on the receiving end of a Dino Cicerelli stick swinging incident with the North Stars that I remember watching on Is TV. Is that right? And Dino actually was arrested. Dino was arrested for assault and spent the night in jail, and I think he had to pay a fine or something like that in Toronto. But, he, yeah, this is mid – this is 88 Was that before or after he was arrested for mooning somebody? Before, <laughs> before, and that wasn't mooning. That was something far more uh, – Was it uh, – yeah, yeah, it wasn't mooning. That oh. was uh, walking out and getting your newspaper at the naked? end of the driveway yeah. without any clothes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, you know, hey, who, who among <laughs> us, yeah, uh, that's right? right? That's right. Right. But, yeah, no, that's – when I think of Richards and I think of that, and I also think of – um, Luke went through a tough time. Uh, we we know with his with his daughter, and uh, and the people can look that up. But um, that happened before he was your coach. His his situation with his daughter. Yeah. Did did he ever? I'm sure it was never brought up. But did you? I mean, you you guys certainly knew about that, right? Yeah. So he like he started a foundation for that, and we'd always have a game where. We'd uh, wear purple jerseys because it was her favorite, favorite color, color, and it was always a pretty emotional night for him and for everyone else. But uh, I mean, obviously that's a tough situation. But uh, he's one of my favorite coaches I've ever played for. Sure, no, you can totally, like you said, he's he's got the resume and he's uh, 
and he's human. And yeah. that's uh, and that that's those are two big things, obviously. Yeah, two big things. So he's, he might be a superhuman. Yeah, <laughs> he was a tough guy. Really, you'd get in the rink in the morning, and he'd be working out just as hard as the guys still play it. And he's and he's just co he's coaching games in the NHL, in the NHL. Yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And you're like, if this guy's doing this. We got you be better doing do this it too. Yeah. So that was motivation for you guys, huh? Yeah. To see this yeah. coach working so hard. He would get the bag skates going, and he'd he'd hop skate, in with you, skate right with you. So really? there's no complaining when he's doing it too. Right, absolutely. I want to ask you uh, before we wrap up here. I want to ask you about uh, your acting ability. Uh, Christmas time, uh, Jamie Evers put together this this uh, Christmas vacation scene, and uh, you got the coveted. Uh, cousin, cousin Eddie, Eddie uh, uh, Randy Quaid role in the uh, in the performance, and I'm curious what uh, what that was like for you. And had you ever performed in the past, like maybe uh, Connor Ingram had performed in plays <laughs> in the past? No, I don't think I can remember any time doing that. I don't think I'm going to Hollywood anytime soon. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. We I thought it was, it was pretty good. Good. <laughs> I, if you had a mic in front of me, I had to do stand. I went to a comedy show a couple of weeks ago, and I'm like, I could go up there and do this. And give it a go. <laughs> they got open mic nights. We could bring a, a – I think this would be a great Admiral's All Access uh, episode. That would be phenomenal, yeah. We'd come around, and uh, and then we'll plant a heckler in the crowd. And Observational stuff? Probably. Or, I, or or stuff that you would work work material. One of, one of the guys on stage looks at Gina, and he's talking about how he would get picked on as a kid, and he looks at Gina, and he goes, yeah, look at this big guy right here he definitely would have picked on me <laughs> yeah, yeah, right right but what what was that the that acting thing um the christmas vacation scene was it a difficult thing how long were you there give us some behind the scenes stuff um how many shots how many i mean was it was it a tedious thing oh yeah we i, <laughs> I thought they asked us to do this and i'm like all right yeah we'll do it thinking it's going to be like take like five minutes that we're yeah Film this 10, like 15, maybe three hours. Like it's a Quentin Tarantino movie. <laughs> <laughs> but when you see the finished product, it's all worth it. Right. Yeah. We had a good time with it. It was, it was good. Like there was, I was actually surprisingly impressed at some of the acting in there from goose, obviously and yourself with that had really prominent roles, but Jeremy Davies, Jeremy Davies, I thought was the, the most, uh, natural. Nah, I don't know if natural, but like, he was so good in the uh, just like the role that he was given, like the delivery guy. But that one, that's the, that's that a took good. Like, that's he was a, lucky that he got out of there in two minutes. In two minutes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Everyone else had to stand Everyone around. Everyone else is in, the, in there for the whole time. You know what though? What you just said, Charlie. He was good in the role he was given. That's right. what a hockey team is. Right. Right. You're, it's a good way to finish, isn't yeah, it? I'd say so. Is it Cole? Thanks so much for doing this. We really appreciate yeah, it. No problem. That's Cole Schneider joining us. Remember, you can get Admirals Podcast on the Admirals website, MilwaukeeAdmirals.com, uh, SoundCloud, Google, uh, what am I missing? Google Spotify Play. Spotify and uh, iTunes. iTunes, yeah. There we go. Uh, thank you so much for listening. For Charlie Larson, I'm Aaron Sims. This has been a Milwaukee Admirals Podcast. <laughs>